sick of this. Get those Just Eat fools on the line from me. We're gonna do this doggy style. This place ain't blessed. This place is a mess. Disgusting. Pottery? Very useful. Anthony, people will always need plates. Or mash, get smashed. Hello and welcome to Fads. This is the podcast for fans of the adverts. I'm here with Indigo for our main discussion. I feel like we need a name for this. What should we give it? I've named all of my recording files Fads Billie Eilish. (laughs) I mean more for like the main discussion ones because I feel like it's it's illogical to call it a main discussion when it is the only discussion we are having on an episode. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, I'll have to brainstorm it. <laughs> we will brainstorm it and come back to it on the next The as main yet episode. unnamed section of our show where we discuss one advert in great detail. Yes, this week we are breaking down the new Billie Eilish T-Mobile ad called What We Do Next, which was released on the 12th of August. I'd say this is probably their most ambitious ad since their very popular T-Mobile ad in 2009. Have you seen it, Indy? It's the one where they all start dancing in the Liverpool train station. I haven't seen that. No. Oh. <laughs> it's got over 41 million views on YouTube. My goodness. I know. I wouldn't expect people would look up an advert like that. I know, it's because when I was researching it, this other one came up and I thought, well... It must have been popular. Yeah. So to give an overview of the ad, it's from the Deutsche Telekom AG, which is the German parent of T-Mobile. In it, Billie Eilish takes on negative stereotypes about young people and illuminates the good that her generation does with technology. In this advert, we see Generation Z represented as activists for human rights, the environment, general creativity, and also working towards cybersecurity. Yeah, so this ad has kind of been promoted by T-Mobile and um, Saatchi and Saatchi more like as a film than an advert, would you say? Mm. Yeah, thus whenever I look on their websites to get some information on it, they all say it's a film. None Mm. of them refer to it as an ad. But it very much is, you know, still advertising and promoting the mobile network. Definitely. We'll just talk a bit about the fruition of the ad. In it, it features five-time Grammy Award winner Billie Eilish, and I doubt anyone needs to be told, but she's a very successful singer and songwriter at 18 years old. Her music has featured on the latest James Bond film, as well as the soundtrack to 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, so Billie Eilish, she's had her, like, she's had her involvement in a lot of, sort of social issues and environmental issues, so I guess maybe she chooses to be involved in slightly more controversial or poignant um, campaigns. Yeah. Yeah, in 2018, she appeared in a campaign with the mayor of Los Angeles to try and get young people to register to vote. I think that's good. I mean, I think a lot a lot of young people feel like they don't really understand politics or whatever and just kind of mm. would rather not think about it. But it's so important that people do vote. Yeah, yeah, because in the Facebook ad to get people to vote, she said, well, she's quoted to say, when we go into the voting booth, it's about deciding who will lead America into the future. So, yeah, it's it's not surprising that she would be up for this advert because I reckon, I reckon she's quite precious about what she says yes to, especially with her image. Yeah, I mean, she definitely wants to portray this image of someone who's making like a positive impact on her generation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the campaign for T-Mobile very much sells her as the voice of um, of the Generation Z, which, I mean, we're in that generation, apparently. Like, we're just on the cutoff. And I wouldn't say she's the voice of our generation. It kind of... I'm, I'm not the biggest Billie Eilish fan. I, I don't dislike her music. I think it's quite nice. But... I feel like she gets put into this really high position of praise that she's doing something somehow like more impressive and better than a lot of other young people in her generation. But to me, she's just quite a normal teenager. Yeah, she's just a very decent teenager. There's, there's this, like, this whole idea of 
I'm not like the other girls, which is so negative. And I feel like Billie Eilish is mm. just like other girls. And that's maybe what should be promoted as being so great about her. But instead, I feel like she's kind of treated like she's this edgy visionary. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I see what you mean, definitely. Mm. Okay, so should we go down through the campaign credits, just the basic facts? Yeah. So the advert was created by the ad agency Saatchi and Saatchi, which is based in London. It's the London branch. I think it's like a global thing, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, sorry. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's their London branch, but it is a global ad company. They make ads all around the world. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So they, they launched in 1970 with the philosophy of nothing is impossible. Mm. Yeah, and making a cool T-Mobile advert is definitely proof of part of that. Definitely. I feel like they were slipping down the slide really into lame. Yeah, I think mobile ads is really hard to get interesting. I don't know, three and oh, no, oh two maybe not so much, but... And orange. Three and orange always have cute ones. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I feel I th- like they're I the think cool networks. Phones are maybe like a slightly hard thing to advertise because you can't just be like, this is a nice phone, you should you should buy it. Mm. But I feel like specific phones might be harder, but the network, you can do anything really. Like It just has to have communication in it. Mm. Who's the one that had the guy from Footloose? in their ad campaign what's his name bacon kevin bacon oh kevin bacon is that what he's from footloose um ee yeah they were quite interesting ads yeah i feel like they they did well as well to get on like the cool meter as it were Mm. so i yeah i guess this is this is some proof that the sachi and sachi company are pushing out some good ads there because they've made a bit of a comeback for t-mobile with this ad campaign yeah, I feel like Sachi and Sachi would be the best one to trust with that responsibility because if someone were to question me on, you know, name an ad an ad agency, I'd be like Sachi and Sachi. <laughs> That's the first one I'd go to. Yeah, they're quite big. Um and they're part of the Publicis group, which is the world's third largest communications group. Yeah, the Sachi and Sachi group is founded by the Sachi brothers, Maurice and Charles. That is the same Charles Sachi that founded the Saatchi Gallery in London. They were ousted from chairmanship in 1995. It sounds very fraser It makes the company slightly more artistic in their outlook. Yeah, the, the, the ads that they're making are just going to look slightly more interesting, I think. Mm. Yeah, you see it with this Billie Eilish one. There's a lot going into the background, like the uh, sets and the lighting and the overall theme of colours, I think. Yeah, it's it's a very sleek looking advert. Like, it's got high style. Mm. I mean, the director for this is Vincent Haycock. And he's a big name in directing, I think, for like music videos. He's directed Sam Fender's music video, Will We Talk? He's worked with big names like Florence and the Machine and Lana Del Rey. I was looking through his website, vincenthaycock.com, and it's very swish. So I feel like he definitely would have had a hand in the overall style of the video. Yeah, his his videos kind of have a similar similar style going through them, which is really trendy, I think. So yeah. I guess, it, yeah, it's not like a huge surprise to me that the ad is considered more of a short film piece, considering both him and Billie Eilish were working on it, and they obviously saw, you know, I think they're both looking something slightly bigger than just a TV ad. Yeah, I won't lie, I find it a bit pretentious when they, I mean, it's clearly an advert, and to call it a film is just a bit like, mm, you can see straight through it, but it does add to the the veneer of it. Yeah. Yeah, it gives it this kind of shiny coating on the outside. Mm. I thought it was interesting that it's... I suppose it's not interesting, it's quite obvious really, but it's Billie Eilish's music, When the Party's Over, playing in the background of the ad. And that's the song that she made with her brother. They make a lot of music together, the brother and sister act, don't they? Yeah, because like, Billie's, I would say, is more of a singer. And then I, my understanding yeah. is that her brother is 
a lot more involved in the musical side, the instruments and the production. Mm, yeah. Well, on the Saatchi website, the campaign is described as including a host of inspirational Gen Z contributors with real stories to tell. The message of their positive contributions are told by who they believe is the voice of Gen Z. So, Billie Eilish. Yeah, so, like, it's it's pretty obvious that they're aiming this at the Gen Z, or... Is it Gen Z or Gen Z? I'm not 100% sure. Um, I think either way is fine, but I imagine it places us at the far end of the spectrum if we get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, so this, this generation is, like, from 8 to 23 years old, which feels yeah. like quite a lot, like... I wouldn't place myself as being from the same generation as people who are now still in primary school. No, same. <laughs> I mean, I I guess we really are at the like the later end. Mm, definitely. I mean, I think when I think of Gen Gen Z, I'm thinking of people who right now are in their mid to late teens. Yeah, I imagine people who have just come to uni at like the freshers age 18 year olds yeah which which puts Billie Eilish right smack in that generation yeah yeah so I mean if that were it if it were just to 18 year olds then I would I would say that she is a voice for that generation mm. I feel like she's a bit young to be st- speaking for me yeah I think I mean we're we're kind of on that that borderline between Gen Z and millennials well, we're yeah. not really quite either. <laughs> we belong nowhere, indeed. That is the bottom line. Combining the Gen Z and the millennials to make something that no one is quite sure what it is and what to call it. Just uncomfortable in either category. Just generation confused. <laughs> yes. Uh... The commercial was timed to coincide with the UN International Youth Day on the 12th of August. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that they timed it to coincide with the Youth Day. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best one is um, International Speak Like a Pirate Day. Is there an International Pirate Day? Speak, to speak like a pirate, to do your pirate voice. Oh. Mm. Wow. I'll have to Google when that is. I'll be, I'll be down for that. I just Googled it now and it is the 19th of September every year for International Talk Like a Pirate Day. But yeah, so I, I guess it's interesting that they've timed it with this day. Maybe, maybe they're thinking of bringing some more recognition to it. Yeah. Because the advert is kind of focused on appreciating that many of the Gen Zers are <laughs> trying to imagine and achieve good through using mobile phones. It's an interesting concept. So we're going to have a look at the ad storyline now and then give some background info on how the ad came about. So we'll break it down scene by scene so we don't miss anything. First up of these scenes is the bathroom selfie scene. The girl looks about 19 taking selfies in the bathroom. And this is the first example I feel where they miss the mark. Because generally, when I, if I take a picture and there's a filter on it, like those wacky bear noses and bug eyes, I don't take pictures like excessively in the mirror because there's a filter and you look flattering anyway. Yeah, I I think selfie culture is is quite a, an interesting thing in and of itself. Like mm. people have been taking pictures of themselves to look good for hundreds of years. Ooh. You know, like if you think back on historical figures that would ha- like pay lots of money to have portraits painted of them where they look super nice, it's by no means a new idea because we've got the power in our in our hands now we're being criticised for it. Yeah, we hear the beginning of Billy's narration as well and she's saying, look at us, in her deep musky voice. And she's, yeah, she's addressing just that, how people see that generation as just, like, vain, taking selfies endlessly. Yeah, I think there's this phrase that people right now are screen obsessed. Um, I mean, I think we do spend a lot of time looking at, at screens, I think we do. I think it's, you know, nuanced. Like I I'd say I spend a lot of time looking at my screen and laptop, but that's mostly like editing and co- and uni work. I don't scroll on Instagram anymore, but I did used to. Gosh, the 
the Infinity Scroll is a real invention. Like the person that came up with this yes. technology that basically means you can scroll infinitely down on an Instagram feed and now on your Facebook feed and on Twitter and all of these other social medias. I feel like the person who invented that, I'm sure I've heard, has said that they regret it. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'd never thought of that because that is such... You don't think of it, but that is the hook. Like on Instagram, when I scroll down and I sort of hit a point where I'm like, okay, I've seen all these before. But on Pinterest, they've got it down because they give new things that, you know, you haven't just seen all the time. Yeah, so we kind of see a series of faces all being lit up by a phone screen. It feels very reminiscent for me of like late night looking on your phone. Yes. It then moves on. So we've got a sleepover party and people are all on their phones. Yeah, so by this point, Billy is in her sort of monologue. She said, just a bunch of kids who are screen obsessed, disconnected, not in the moment, right? Because like, how can a generation that lives online know anything about the real world? Yeah, I think the narration for me is, I don't know how I feel about it. Cheesy. It, it is cheesy. And I, I feel like I wish it was slightly more um, sleek. Yeah, it feels a bit like clunky and it's it's a bit cringe like the first time I listened to this advert I just thought if you're not listening to it fully and you're not fully immersed into it I really had no idea what was going on it just looked like a faddy advert and they'd got a celebrity to do it and that was they thought that was enough yeah I think I could see what they're trying to achieve with having it sound very very chatty but then they don't go fully in for that. No, it's obviously and scripted. It's obviously scripted, but it's scripted like they're trying to make it sound as if she's just coming up with it on the spot. And then they include phrases like, but like, and to me, that's that's the kind of filler thing you say when you don't know what to say next. Yes. I'm sure we are going to say it a lot in this podcast because it's it's a filler thing. It is. Yeah, if you're scripted, I feel like maybe you should cut that stuff out to make it sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, so it moves on then into a sleepover party. They're all on their phones, like you say. That I thought was quite sad because that is genuinely what happens now, I think. Do you think so? You think when people are hanging out with their friends, they're still spending most of their time on their phones? I feel like... And this is going to sound a bit shit, but I feel like that generation, because when I was that age, I could see that happening and I didn't enjoy it. I was one of the, I feel like I was one of the minority that would just get very bored, sat there while my friends were on their phone. But yeah, I feel like that is something that the younger generation do before they grow out of it and they get into like this sort of mindful, no, I'm going to try and put my phone away. I'm. It's going to be on silent when I'm at the table sort of thing. Yeah, I guess I I feel like when I was having sleepovers and things still, when I was still at secondary school, there was an element that we would look at our phones, but it tended to be more of a communal thing. Like someone would be showing you something funny, you'd be watching a funny video and you'd be watching it together. So it wasn't like everyone's looking at their own screens. You sound like you had nice friends. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, mm. yeah, so the the next scene is a boy, and this one I thought was really off base. It's a boy drifting off to sleep while scrolling on his phone, coming to and then looking through his phone again, mostly anime on Instagram. I mean, I've never done that. I've never been scrolling through my phone, fallen asleep, woken up and then thought, okay, I'll, I'll carry on. Uh, no, I've never done that either. I've fallen asleep watching YouTube videos and then woken up yes. because like a loud advert comes on. <laughs> Yeah, I would put the device away and go back to sleep if that happened. But I, I feel like these these scenes up to this point are kind of like a fantasy idea of this is what older generations think the kids of today are doing. Yeah, that's where that's what I thought as well. I'm surprised you say up to this scene because I feel like the scenes coming after this are even more like a romanticised cliché vision of what they think we're doing. 
so I think I think it changes after this point. You know, up to this point, we're seeing this is what this is what the people from our parents' generation, from older generations, think that the young people today are doing. They're just mindlessly mm. staring at screens, not really doing anything at all. And then later on, it kind of goes into this fantasy idea that Billie Eilish and um, T-Mobile have thought up that actually we're doing all these amazing world-changing things. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't actually linked that those first few scenes are the ones that they're sort of making fun of the the stereotype that the adults think they have. Mm. Yeah, so we kind of move on and the next scene is a sort of like a game kind of scape. Yeah, it's like an avatar as an activist picketing through a deserted town on a skateboard. And then she seems to collect coins and then that makes the environment a bit better. Is that a real game or am I just being really dumb? Is that actually a game kids play now? I potentially feel like that's that's an imaginary, like a, a made up thing from this. But I don't know for sure. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm really out of touch because I had no idea. I was like, that's that can't be Fortnite. I don't know any others. Is there skateboards in Fortnite? I feel like there must be. Uh, they have they have some vehicles, but I I don't know if they have um like skateboards. I've never seen that anyway. Oh well, you must know more than me. Like I've I've never even seen like a gameplay of Fortnite. The first I heard of it was when we covered it on the news a few weeks back. <laughs> yeah, Fort Fortnite is a weird phenomena. It's mm. such a a bizarre game. I think you know you've got this like battle royale where everyone is trying to kill each other but the graphics are kind of cartoonish and obviously aimed at kids yeah Mm. so once once we go through that skateboard scene it suddenly changes into the real world there's lots of teenagers and young adults picketing for climate change action action presumably i they might be picketing for something else i don't really know I think it's it's one of again it's another example where I think the advert misses the base because it's really over romanticizing the general action taken like it it just looks like they're socializing more than actually picketing and you know the reality is getting fewer jobs sort of thing if you get picked up by the police. Yeah, I know people who have been involved in student protesting and climate protesting when the police turns up and you get arrested or you've had you you know, basically have to flee the scene of the protest to avoid being arrested. And it's not glamorous. Like most protests in the UK, it's raining at some point. I was just going to say, pissing with rain and cold is the general idea. Yeah, it's cold, it's raining. You're not having like, there is a social element to it, but... They were really laughing and having fun and it were bright colours, yeah. Yeah, like when people go on these big protest marches, you're outside for hours. Mm. You're you're kind of getting like riled up and doing all of these chants. It's kind of it's it's like a very intense experience and I I think you're right. The film romanticizes it. They kind of yeah. make it seem like it's this gorgeous, glamorous thing. Yeah, I can't imagine anything worth picketing would you know, hold that sort of a happy time amongst the picketers. Mm, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of young people take part in protests. The climate change one that mm. kind of came from the Greta Thunberg thing. Yeah. People protest against increasing student fees and poor education. Mm. You know, it's, it's... They're passionate and angry about these things. Yeah, I, I would say that it misrepresents the emotion yes yeah that's a good way Mm. of putting it that's the point though i feel like greta thunberg is more the spokesperson for the gen z more so than Billie eilish i feel like Billie eilish could be the pop star of gen z (laughs) Uh, yeah i think greta greta thunberg is a young person with a really powerful voice Mm. you know and she's done a lot to stand up for what her generation can do with their voice Mm. yeah so that we move on from this protest scene and it's a scene of like lots of young people traveling somewhere taking selfies 
Um, I think are they on a bus and they're kind of wearing lots of like yeah. rainbow makeup and glitter. Um, yeah, they're on a bus in their rainbow gear, probably for Pride. I'm guessing because they look out the window and you know people have got rainbow banners and everyone's really happy and sort of expressing themselves, whatnot. Mm, it's it seems a little bit ironic in a year where there could be no Pride celebrations due to the COVID lockdown. When is Pride? Uh, like Pride Month, I think, is around June, July. Uh, it's kind of, it's, oh, okay. it's definitely expanded. You know, people have Pride marches all over the place within a general, like, time frame of spring, early summer. That will be interesting to see if they do something, because I'm, I'm assuming they didn't do any marches in June, July. No, it was all online this year. Like, people, mm. people did online stuff. Yeah, um, I mean... I saw the profile yeah. pictures that seem to roll out every year where there's just a <laughs> rainbow effect across it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I think like yeah. This year it felt like pride didn't happen. Mm, um, yeah. A pride is a I think a kind of divisive thing as well. That's you know, that's how I feel about it. Like I don't feel like it's for the rights of gay people anymore. I think it no. is, but you know, I don't think that's the sole purpose. I think it's like a celebration. Yeah, I mean, when I lived in London, I never went to Pride in no? London because it's just a big street party. And the majority yeah. of the people that I knew that were going to Pride were not members of the LGBTQ. I mean, they were kind of going as allies, but they were also kind of going more because it seemed to be like a fun day out. Yeah, that's... That's how it, like, if I were to go, it would be, I can't imagine being invited to show my support and solidarity. Like, I would, of course I would, but I feel like it wouldn't be my primary place. It would be more, come have fun, come to the party, we'll get some drinks and have a bit of a dance. Yeah, and you have to remember that it comes from a protest. It comes from these really violent riots that mm. people had to have to get rights you know awful things were done historically to people who were lgbtq plus you know yeah awful things and it's lost some of that uh or at least the the large commercial pride celebrations have lost some of that i definitely think there are there are small communities which have prides which still very much keep that feeling of making things safer I just I just find the commercial the commercialization of it is sickening. No. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean that is it's a bit sickening when you like when it comes to pride season and all the shops suddenly have like rainbows and yeah. pins and badges and it's like you don't care about rights for gay people or for trans people or for any member of the LGBTQ+ you just want to sell products and make money. Yeah, and that's that's what it smacked of a bit when I when I saw this scene in the advert with the banners of the rainbows. But I suppose I'm guessing this is the scene where they're trying to get through the the results of the study that we'll talk about later. But the results mm. of the study that said they felt more comfortable expressing themselves and tackling social injustice through social media. I mm. feel like this is the scene that shows that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then moving on from that scene, the next scene is the head in the cloud scene. Mm, I love this scene. Well, I don't love this scene. I love that line. I just really love a good pun. <laughs> it is a good pun. It's, as soon as she said it, even the first time, I was like, I get it. That was good. Mm. Mm. I, I feel like I have very little understanding of the cloud. Same. I don't think anyone's head is truly in the cloud because they have absolutely no idea how to work it. Some of my pictures are in the cloud and I don't know how they got there. Same. Um, and I don't know how to get them out of there. Same. Like, I have an iPhone and it tells me, like, when my storage is full and it's, it's all in the cloud. Like, how do I access this cloud? This cloud has no use to me. <laughs> it's a bit like Google Drive, I guess. But I feel like I can access things on Google Drive very easily and I can see it as a storage space how I can organize it I feel like the cloud 
is quite uh mythical yes <laughs> mm. but in the scene it's in a nightclub and we're seeing it to begin with through the perspective of a dj selfie mm. here billy eilish says we're just clicking and swiping our way through life phones in our hands and our heads in the cloud yeah and i feel like again this is one of those slightly cheesy lines i i do like the head in the cloud comment good so this then swiftly moves on to teenage boys drinking a milkshake outside on the street watching a young person give a speech in front of some sort of government meeting around this point we see a disclaimer telling us that the footage was filmed before covid19 which you have to admit is is just a little bit sad (laughs) i feel like it's another real unrealistic example i when i was that age we would not be out on the street drinking a milkshake and looking at like an educational video and we definitely would not tap our friend on the shoulder so they could come and watch it with us i i don't think i've ever watched a, a like a political video on somebody else's phone like that i've had no. people send me stuff as messages you know they'll send a link to something saying oh check this out yeah or like a like a um greenpeace petition to sign mm. or something some occasionally i see those but there's no way that when i'm out with my friends i'm going to be watching like a full conference meeting like how would you know how would you even hear it it'd be too loud mm. okay so the next scene again moving swiftly through is we see a girl talking to important people in a fancy law looking building so this is the same girl that the boys are supposedly watching on their phone Mm, so I guess like we're kind of like traveling through the phone into the into the real life situation. Maybe they're trying to give the impression of you're watching it on your phone, and you could really be there. Yeah, I do. I do like that when they sort of try and make that smooth transition through like perspectives and video scenes. Like, it's I feel a like... nice editing. Like for video editing, it's a nice edit. Yes. Yeah. Billie Eilish at this point is saying. But you know what? When it comes to what we really care about, the difference we can make means even more now. I feel like that must have taken a few takes because it's it's quite cheesy. It's trying a little bit too hard to be profound. Yes. Mm. We then have a photo shoot scene. I was interested in this because it's it's being shot on a phone and they do uh, like a particular shot in it where you can see the picture that's being taken on the phone and then all these labels pop up which is the what the people are caring about which is sustainability ethical and cruelty free yes i did think that was clever because i think it's still a bit cheesy but i think that's one of the more clever scenes but i it doesn't ring true with me that they would be spending money on a photo shoot and then their only means of photography is a phone yeah the setup the production setup is professional quality lighting backdrops and then they're still taking the pictures on a phone i feel like it would have felt more believable and maybe a bit more um, empowering to gen z that you could be taking these high quality pictures in your bedroom yeah i feel like that would have been better because i mean when is when is someone of the age that the photographer was who's gen z presumably when would they have access to such a setup unless they were in uni maybe but then if they were in uni why would they be doing it on their phone it just seemed like they were trying to crowbar in that you know it's a phone because t-mobile is a mobile network it felt like they were trying to just get that in do you remember when apple did the big campaign that was about shot on my iphone they had large like billboard display adverts of really nice pictures blown up to enormous sides and then at the bottom would say shot on my iphone yeah i remember that um and it basically about this uh i can't remember which generation of iphone but basically all the more recent iphones so they've essentially got professional quality cameras i think it was x on a phone Mm. i thought that was really effective those ads like i i did think more highly of the iphone cameras after seeing those Mm. But then as somebody who has studied photography, it was an aspect of my degree. Mm. I know that even though you've got professional quality camera lenses in an iPhone, it's not quite the same as a professional DSLR camera. 
there is a lot less control you have over the image on a phone, mm. which makes me feel like, okay, yes, people can take really nice pictures on their phones now, but phone cameras are not replacing professional cameras. No, like I've I've not seen a photo taken on a phone yet that is truly the quality of a good what was it, a DSLR camera? I don't know any professional photographers that would use a phone camera yeah. over a professional DSLR. No, I feel like in that setting they would choose a DSLR. Like, I can see why they're trying to sell these really good cameras to the everyday user. Like, I would have no idea how to use a DSLR camera. But, mm. yeah, I you wouldn't expect someone to use their phone <laughs> in a photo shoot. Yeah, I think later on you realise that the people in this film actually do the stuff that they're shown doing, but I highly doubt that they are doing it in the way they're shown doing it in this film. Mm. And so then moving on from the photo shoot, the next scene is it, it, it's got people doing cyber hacking or protecting this like ethical hacking. Yes, this scene confuses me. I get towards you know towards the end of this scene, I got okay. They're doing good hacking. They're protecting data, but why are they in what looks like a museum? Yeah, I think this this scene is the is the apex of the kind of like artificial world created in this advert. Yes, because it's like you know you know when you see computer hacking in a film. And they're like tapping yep. away on a keyboard super fast, and there's like some crazy funky visuals showing them breaking through, and it's all video yes. gamey. And it's like I know people who do computer programming, and it's like really boring to look at. Yeah, <laughs> so like, you're making it look really good in a really fake way. Yeah, it it looks really artificial. Like it just smacks sort of Disney Channel Spy Kid movie. Yeah, yeah, and like the place that they're in. Where is that? What is like, that? In some kind of empty museum exhibit or like an abandoned yeah. warehouse? No, these people are going to be like in their bedrooms on their computers. Yeah, it's like I mean, if that were an abandoned warehouse, why is it so clean? If that were an, like an empty museum, why are they in an empty museum? I, d- I don't think there's anywhere where there are like big warehouses full of teenage genius hackers no. <laughs> protecting the data security of millions of people. I mm. just, it's so hyped up. Well, moving on from that, mm. we go to a scene and there's a girl on a bed watching her phone and we see Billy's face as she does her voiceover. Her inspirational message is visually touching the hearts of those watching it. So we are led to believe. It includes a girl on a toilet and friends stroking a cat and also a girl in a very funky looking room. Mm. Thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah, it is a bit weird. I think it, it sums up the general overarching feel of the whole ad. Like, why is this girl sat on a toilet watching Billie Eilish? Mm. I think, is it the same girl who has been taking the selfies, so she's finished taking selfies and now she's sitting on the toilet? (laughs) The seat is down, I should say. (laughs) I don't think I've ever in my life sat on a toilet um, with the seat down and looked at things on my phone. No, I mean, I suppose if you're in the bathroom and you've been taking selfies, you might sort of want somewhere to perch as you look through them. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I just I just don't think that people very often sit in their own bathroom and look at their phones when they are not using the bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah. you'd take the pictures in the bathroom, then you'd probably leave the bathroom and look at the selfies, right? Yeah, you vacate the, the room with the good lighting into the one that you generally sit in. Yeah. And, yeah... The other people looking at the message are friends stroking a cat, which again I feel is very cliche. Like people, people love to love cats at this point. Yeah, I think that the most of the time that I spend looking on at my phone 
is when I'm in my own room or if I'm traveling somewhere, like if I'm on the bus or on the train, mm-hmm. I'll look at my phone just for something to look at. I, I, I think the situations that they're showing here are just a bit like they're, they're trying to dress it up. Yeah, they're like the first thing that would come up to the top of their head when they're trying to envision Generation Z. I don't know if they like sort of asked people what they think they do most. That is odd. But yeah, I mean, the funky looking room I thought was a cool thing to throw in. It was interesting to look at. Like the girl and she's... I can't. I don't know what they're called. You know, they like really luminous colours all the time. Not seen. It's something else. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been dissing the advert all the way through, but I like the overall message they are trying to get through. I feel like it's not been done before. I really like the message that Mm. we can do more powerful stuff with technology, with our phones. I just think maybe in the production of the ad, they favoured aesthetic yeah i think that's fair in a way that doesn't make a huge amount of sense it's just not reflective of real life and i feel like that is what they are so trying to do in their message Mm. so to round off the ad Billie eilish is saying so maybe next time they see us staring at a screen and they ask us what we're doing on it why don't we show them what we're doing with it which Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's like a bit to unpack there with um, with that ending phrase. Mm. I feel like that's the the punching line is why don't we show them what we're doing with it? Mm. That's the the tag, as it were. But what is the tag? Mm. What we do next? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it ends with Billy ending her speech with a quizzical look. And then we pan out and see her on the set as the song comes to a close and the slogan in text form, rather than the voiceover, is we're here for this generation and what comes next. That appears on the screen as well as the T-Mobile logo. Mm, Yeah. I I like that as their slogan. I do as well. It's It's a good line. It's a good looking ad. Like... It's shot beautifully. The camera angles are really nice. Yeah, it's very well done. It's a a really good looking ad. Mm. It's just, I feel like it's good looking in a way that doesn't support the message. No, it's like when brands that are sort of trying to advertise that they do plus sizes and they get a very specific plus size model who is not reflective of what an actual plus size general person would look like. Yeah, it's like these these people are acceptable because they still fit into a certain beauty standard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of plus size models are also just regular sized people. Mind they are... I, I notice um, media is getting better at that. Like, I see a lot more representation and I... I like looking at things more now because they do use more representative plus size models. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I I guess yeah, it's it's that idea though where it's you know they're showing you a slightly glamorized version of the reality. Hmm. Which I can see why they have they kind of have to do it sometimes. Like when you're making an ad to promote your product, you want it to look good, so people want to be associated with it, but. Yeah, I think it would have been more powerful if it was less focused on that. Okay, well, tellingly, the campaign is created out of Saatchi. It's represented as an Eilish-led collaboration. It's titled Billie Eilish x Telecom What We Do Next and is accompanied on YouTube by a short interview video starring Eilish and some of the young activists and the entrepreneurs featured in the main ad. Yeah, and it it's, seems like it's kind of important to mention that the people that appear in the ad, and I think we we mentioned this briefly in passing, they aren't just actors showing off all these like possibilities. The mm. people shown in the advert actually are kind of amazing individuals in their own right. Mm. Like, we see... I think back in the scene where there's the people on the bus taking selfies and it's kind of semi-pride themed, you know, that person is actually 
someone who is known for their support of LGBTQ rights. That's awesome. I think that's where they, they've done something right, definitely, with this advert or film. They've got the real people that they are trying to represent in what they're showing us. I mean, I like that they did the interview and I like that they've even given the names and what it was they did. They've all got incredible names that I'm going to absolutely butcher. <laughs> so one is called Jackini Bisselink, who is an activist from the Netherlands, who has been a youth representative for the UN. Yeah, so there's Irini Vugioka, who is a climate activist from Greece. Fabian Grischkat, a German comedian, YouTuber and musician who is known for promoting LGBTQ plus rights. I feel like we're taking it in turns just to make fools of ourselves with these names. Yeah, share, share the shame mm. of horribly mispronouncing all of these names. There's Definitely. Anna Laura Kammer, a Viennese um, German-based fashion activist focusing on environmental sustainability. Oh, so she would have been the girl giving the direction with her shoulder with the phone. Yeah, she would have been that exact shot, the fashion ah. shoot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Philip Calwaite, an ethical hacker and renowned IT expert. And Leo S, who is a prominent female DJ based in Warsaw in Poland. That is really cool. Like I, I did not expect that the IT and the DJ people were actually going to be real people as well. I love that. They use someone in every scene. Yeah, it's, it was... It was pretty cool that all of these people genuinely were doing the stuff they were shown doing. It wasn't just... But I guess that also makes it slightly weird that they chose to do these highly stylized aesthetic shots when surely they could have just taken actual footage of these people doing the very cool stuff that they do. Yeah, because they're really interesting people. Like, I mean, what, what was your favourite scene if you had to pick off the top of your head? If I had to pick... <sighs> Um, I liked the shot of Jikini where she's kind of like obviously doing some UN work. Mm. That felt the most grounded and real. It was one of the more interesting ones to look at. I think it's like a toss up between that and the fashion shoot one for like aesthetically pleasing to look at without Mm. actually being totally empty. I feel like the message came through most on those two scenes. Yeah, yeah. The the other scenes, you could kind of miss them. Like, they have the scene of Fabian, where I'm presuming that he is the one of the people on the bus going to a Pride event. Yeah, that's what I would have placed him in. And it just, it feels like such a, a short throwaway scene. Hmm. It, it felt fillery, like it was a filler scene. Yeah, it's the same for the DJ scene as well. They kind of, they, they may be given less prominence. Yeah, I mean, that one, I don't see how that connects with this message. Like, that's just, to me, that's just a girl with what is, I'm assuming, is like her dream job and she's having a lot of fun. I don't see how that is doing good. You know, I'm not knocking her job. I'm just saying I don't see how that fits in with the overall theme of this film i guess the the whole thing with the dj is probably because she's a female dj and i'm presuming that's a good point they they are less common what they say about her on the electronic beats website where they've kind of published profiles about each of the young people in the advert is that she is the only female tour dj in the polish scene so I guess oh. that maybe makes her slightly more unique. That makes a lot more sense. With the yeah. context, that makes so much more sense. Mm. So it's not it's not about female DJs being super rare. It's more like she's broken broken through a glass ceiling, I suppose, in some ways. Okay, that deserves to be in there. Fair enough. It seems like a bit of a shame that the ad focuses so much on Billie Eilish and not the other people involved. See, I think they... They went okay with it because they they don't feature Billie Eilish in it other than at the very end. Like, why do you think they focused on Billie? I think it's because she's doing the voiceover. And when I watched the ad, I never would have thought 
that the people in the ad were not actors if I hadn't then watched the if I yeah, hadn't I then watched the interview like these six people appear in the advert but we never hear their names we don't know that that's actually them doing what they do that is a good point and I feel like that's like a little bit of a problem is this idea that they're promoting these six people who are doing I mean like I think we can agree yeah they've like achieved they're they're doing some cool stuff and they've achieved a lot Mm. uh but from just watching the film you you don't know anything about them yeah I now you say that I definitely agree with that like they could have done they each do their own voiceover for the scene they're in that would have been so much more effective yeah definitely It, it was a bit Billy centric. But yeah, the campaign, it came about, and I was interested when I found this as well. It came about after the telecom company conducted research into the habits of young people, and they found some interesting but almost predictable statistics. So the research was conducted in July of 2020 by Kantar Munich on behalf of Dutch Telecom. It was for the young people aged from 16 to 26 who were interviewed with a total sample size of 4,005. So the sample countries were Germany, the United Kingdom, Poland and Hungary. It found that 69% feel that their use of technology is seen as negative. Another point that is like more related directly to this ad, I think, is that 86% felt technology has an important role in addressing global sustainability issues, Mm. which would link probably to the photo shoot, why they wanted to do that one. Mm. But it would be really interesting to know what other people's opinions are on the advert. Yes, if anyone wants to email the show to let us know what they think, that would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, if you've got this far. I think it's going to be a long... A long episode, I can see, from our timings. Yeah, I really hope people enjoyed it, and thanks a lot for listening. Definitely. We will see you next week with the news. You're a scientist!